Don't do calendars, don't do maps, and I don't do math. <laughs> if I ever have to go on Tinder, <laughs> that's my bio. <laughs> You're going to do you. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And, and we're, we're unsupervised. unsupervised. And it's bonus time. Bonus Jonas. As you all know, a few short days ago, we just celebrated the day of love. The mm. day of St. Valentine. Ooh. I was going to try and do math, but I can't pull up my calendar that fast to see when this comes out. I think it's the 18th. 17th. Three days. Three days ago, February 14th. Valentine's Day was on a Monday. No, it wasn't. It was. Yeah, that was three days because we're on a Thursday. Okay. Numbers hard. (laughs) Not everyone's a fan of Valentine's Day. Not everyone. So we decided instead of going on like, "Mm, my heart, we're going with bad romance. Wow. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, ma, oh, ma, ma. You and me could write a bad romance. Whoa, I'm reaching for my notes to tell you about the first couple bad romance. Um, so I basically am telling a full story. Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's wait, that one's blank. That's fine, because mine is not a full story, but it is so worth it. So we're going to be talking about Zach Bowen and Addie Hall. Oh, I know this one. I almost picked it. Hey. I almost picked this one, but I was like, mm, that's like a full episode. Yeah. So. And there's a lot more that I could go into with it, but uh, I wanted to cover it for a while. And I was like, hey, bad romance. This fits the bill. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's even a candle at dinner. <laughs> It is the story, but he doesn't. I thought he did. We'll get there. Okay. Adrian, Addie, as she went, uh, Hall was born January 15th, 1976. She was a feisty, free-spirited artist who wrote poetry and taught dance classes. She grew up in North Carolina, but decided to move to New Orleans to pursue her love of art after leaving an abusive relationship. Good for her. Mm Mm-hmm. While living in New Orleans, she got a job bartending at the Spotted Cat in the French Quarter. Addie struggled with her bipolar disorder, and she would often forget to take her medication, and that coupled with the lifestyle she began to live in New Orleans. Lots of um, recreational activities. Gee, I wonder what that could mean. Huh. She would be known to have sporadic and violent outbursts whenever she was drinking or taking drugs. Look. You do what you got to do to control your mental health. Yes. Um, but with bipolar, I don't think medicating with drugs and alcohol. Well, she it. had medication. Oh, okay. She was just real bad about taking it. And when <laughs> she didn't, Hi. And she went on her little binges. Can we not call me out right now? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you ever so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> got it? Got it. Okay. She quickly fell in love with New Orleans and the life she was able to lead there. Zach Bowen was born May 15, 1978, and spent the majority of his life in Bakersfield, California. Zach was the ultimate people pleaser. Like, his life was based around making other people happy. Mm. 
And if he didn't for some reason or let somebody down, he was very hard on himself, like self-inflicting pain and locking himself away, thinking that like the smallest things, if he did something quote unquote wrong, would just send him into like a tizzy. Okay, so I'm feeling like super called out all the way around <laughs> i and i know where this story goes so i'm not feeling very confident right now yeah let's not let's let's end our similarities there you know other than you growing up in louisiana and being able to uh associate yourself with multiple things so far <laughs> Oops. um so since he was such a people pleaser once he got into high school and we know that things tend to go awry for a um mental healthy person yes having some you know mental health issues going into high school can be difficult so he noticed himself falling into a deep depression so he took it upon himself and decided to move to new orleans to live with his father and finish high school there so he tried to get a fresh start get away from everything his quote-unquote bad history because he felt like everyone he had ever let down in any way was like yeah hated him you know so he wanted to start fresh after he graduated, he took a job bartending on Bourbon Street, where he met Lana Shupek. Zach and Lana quickly started dating, and Lana became pregnant. They married, and Zach enlisted in the army to prepare as best as he could for their future family. So far, I'm on board, right? Yeah. Um, he served in Iraq and Kosovo, and quickly moved up to the rank of sergeant. Side note, after dealing with the VA life and knowing what it's like, to deal with somebody who's been through the service yeah um they don't do very well with taking care of your mental health no not generally especially in the like early 80s yeah you know definitely wasn't a top priority yeah so his time in the military early was... 90s early 80s he would have been a little bitty bambina bambino yeah i guess that would have been 90s by the time he graduated i just glanced at what year he was born either way I mean, it's 2020 and they still don't know how to handle it. So valid. Definitely didn't if you're referring the past in any way, shape or form. So his time in the military was obviously very hard on him and his mental health. And he developed a case of PTSD after he was generally discharged from the army. So a general discharge. So there's multiple different discharges. General discharge is just kind of like it doesn't leave necessarily a bad mark. But it's not honorable. Yeah. So there's a couple things that kind of make them be like, mm, but it wasn't like, hey, you killed half your squadron. It yeah. was just like, maybe this isn't the best place for you to be right now because we have a couple things that are making us raise some eyebrows. Valid. You know, that's actually a good call. Right? Yeah. Still really tough on him. Yes, Because again, absolutely. he felt like he let people down and that was a big thing for him is that if he cared for somebody... He wanted to do right by them in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Almost. Two-way fault. Between his discharge and the PTSD he suffered, he felt as if he had failed. And when he returned home to Lana, their child... Their child? (laughs) Yes, I got distracted by what you were doing. When he returned home to Lana and their child, Lana said that he was a completely different person. He had, like, no spark left in him he was kind of a shell of the person that he used to be that's not uncommon with the military no it's not but unfortunately for their situation and with a young child it did did lead to lana ultimately filing for divorce because yeah she was not in a place where she could help him absolutely zach returned to bartending and got a job at the spotted cat hey we heard about that we did where he met addie hall 
The two of them hit it off, but Addie was very guarded after her previous relationships. So initially, when she moved to New Orleans, it's because she'd gotten out of an abusive relationship, but she kind of had a history Mm -hmm. of bad relationships. This was just kind of the penultimate. Yes. That pushed her to finally be like, all right, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, And her own mental health struggles. But eventually they did start spending more and more time together. Their time was often spent partying, drinking and taking drugs together. In August of 2005, with Hurricane Katrina's pending arrival, the two decided to stay back and bunker down in Addie's apartment. In the aftermath of her the hurricane, they were living together in pretty much like a dystopian universe. Yeah. Because if anyone doesn't know, Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans, and the surrounding areas were hit horrifically. Demolished. Yeah. I mean, there's places in Louisiana, like near New Orleans, that still to this day have not recovered from it. They were living in this just completely, not abandoned, but very... Like Mad Max style. Yeah. Closed buildings, burned down buildings, washed away buildings. Hardly any people that stayed back. They didn't have to work. They didn't have any responsibilities. They would break into abandoned restaurants and bars to steal food and alcohol to prepare for themselves and neighbors or other people that were in the area. And they kind of created like a barter system. Yeah. So like there were these bartenders and mixologists and they knew how to prepare food. So they would offer cocktails for batteries if they needed them for their flashlights or whatever and didn't they become like a staple post katrina yeah community they the people in the community loved them because they basically if they got interviewed or they did a bunch of like news broadcasts and stuff and they were just talking about like we love this town we couldn't just up and leave it and they put on this front and i guess they were doing the best that they could in that situation to survive but you know, that they were there, they wanted to help rebuild it, and they weren't going to leave, and mm-hmm. they did kind of become, like, the poster children yeah. for New Orleans. And, after. like, they, if my memory serves correctly, they would, like, if they got together a bunch of food, they would, you know, serve the community. And Yeah, they would have, like, little block parties. Yeah. And if they found, you know, a fridge that was sealed so the food was still safe. They would get a cooler and they would get a little grill and they would cook everything because, you know, shelf life. Yeah. There wasn't electricity and they would just offer it up to people. And like they said, kind of created this barter system. A lot of times they would just share it. Yeah. But they did also create like they would trade bottles of liquor for things that they needed. Absolutely. Like I said, it was just kind of this Mad Max lifestyle that they were living. But as things started to get back to normal and the two had to return to a quote unquote normal life after living this just magical free yeah life that they had grown to love things started to get really tense between Addie and zach once communication opened back up Addie became very possessive of zach Mm. and didn't want him to have anything to do with his ex or their children because she didn't want to take on that responsibility okay she wanted him for herself yeah and of course you know, his ex and kids can't hear from him. So as soon as they can, they're calling and checking in. And she was not happy about that. Cause she had them all to herself in this like magical little world they created. Yeah. So they started fighting and it wasn't just like your little couple's quarrels. They became very aggressive and very violent and they were often fueled by drugs and alcohol. They had the uh, beautifully vicious cycle that we all know or have been in where you break up. Or you fight, you break up, you get back together, you fight, you break up, you get back together. Mm-hmm. I think every single person who's ever been in. I just love him so much, I can't see my life without him. But I also hate him. 
I'm going to kill him. But also, I love him yes. and can't see myself without him. And I, we've all been there. That is ne- not necessarily a sign of a good relationship. Um, but in this situation, I kind of get it. Like, you survived this horrific thing together. And yeah. that was, like, your only pillar of support. And then I could get going back. Absolutely. And I'm not judging because we've all been there. Oh, yeah. No, all have been there. Yeah. So after he finally had enough, Zach told his friends they were officially done. He's like, I can't handle the uncertainty of our relationship. I can't handle this vicious cycle. She's trying to take me away from you guys, from my family. I'm done. And he finally got up the nerve to tell Addie this, and she begged him to stay, not to leave her. And she said, why don't we get a place together? Because at this point, they hadn't actually lived together during Katrina and the aftermath. They were pretty much living together. Yeah. But like it was at Addie's apartment or it was his apartment or mm-hmm. whatever. So she's like, let's get a fresh start. Let's get a place together and we'll start new. He agreed. And the two got an apartment together off of North Rampart. Both of their names were on the lease and Zach was able to put down the first two months rent so they could move in, get settled, not have to stress, take that one little thing off their plate. However, shortly after they moved in, like a couple days after they move in, Addie decided to break up with Zach after she discovered, I couldn't find a whole lot of proof, but this is what every article I read led to, that Zach had cheated on her. Oh. She asked her landlord on October 4th, 2006, if he, or excuse me, if they could remove Zach from the lease, but they refused. Told her she needed to go home and work this out between her and her boyfriend. Wait, what? Yep. Excuse me? Yep. That's not how that works. No. Granted, the landlord can't just remove somebody from the lease. I was about to say the same thing. That's fair. But also maybe like, okay, well, I need you both here. Yeah. To make that decision. Like, one of you can move out. Right. And like, if he agrees to move out, I'll take him off the lease or whatever. So that's fair. Again, we don't have the official transcript. We don't have the records here, but that is... What was allegedly said yeah. is that basically, and it could have been the landlord saying like, look, y'all need to go and figure this out and come to me and tell me what you decide. Yeah. So, however, that would be the last time that Addie was seen alive. Yeah. After a few days of no one seeing or hearing from her, their friends began to ask questions. Zach told everybody that she had broken up with him and moved back to North Carolina. Based on the past history of their relationship, it wasn't too much of a surprise that they had broken up again, but it did raise some eyebrows saying she went back to North Carolina. Yeah, because she loved the place. That was her home. That was her place. That was her happy place. I mean, she didn't even leave with a, what, Category 5 or 6 hurricane coming through. Like, she found herself in New Orleans. So a lot of her friends knew she really had no desire to move to North Carolina, but also... She did just randomly pack up from North Carolina and come to New Orleans. So there was a chance that she could have just packed up and left. Yeah. But around the same time, their friends started to notice some strange things about Zach. But again, they just kind of brushed it off that he was upset over Addie leaving. Because that's a big traumatic event. Like, yeah. The person you've built a life with just up and, up and left you. Like, I- And they were young and they were partiers. So like... That's what you do when you're in that stage of your life. You kind of just throw yourself into that scene. Mm-hmm. The next few days, Zach went crazy partying. He spent 
all of his time and money at strip clubs, going to clubs and hiring sex workers. On October 17th, 2006, Zach went to the Omni Royal Hotel rooftop bar where he could drink until he could barely stand. Around 8.30, he walked to the ledge, then backed, backed away. After apparently having uh, what they thought were second thoughts, he did this several times. Uh, this is all caught on surveillance camera. And then he jumped from the seventh story roof. I will not be sharing links, but they are out there. When the authorities found him, he was pronounced dead on impact. In his pockets, they found his dog tags, keys, and a handwritten note. The note read, quote, To police, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, along with full documentation on both of us and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen, mm. end quote. So, of course, the police rush over to the apartment. Oh, the scene is gruesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so gruesome. He's bad. You guys. So despite the warm October weather, which I know a lot of you who are not from the South are like, warm October, October weather? This is New Orleans. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and just north of Atlanta, Georgia, it gets to be like 80 in October. Yeah. New Orleans is swampy. It's, yeah, it's not just 80. It is wet. <laughs> <laughs> and not the good kind of no. wet. The apartment was cold. Like, as soon as they walked up to the door, they could feel it. The air conditioner was set as low as it could go on 60 degrees. The walls were spray-painted with, quote, I'm a failure, and instructions to contact Zach's ex-wife and children and tell them that he loved them. I I also saw, I'm sorry, I couldn't finish. Don't mm -hmm. look. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. There's all sorts of graffiti all over the walls of the apartment of, like, um, I'm a failure. I couldn't do it. I had to do it. I'm sorry. I couldn't finish. Look here. Don't look here. Mm -hmm. Like he was going insane. It was an extreme episode. Oh, absolutely. One of the messages on the wall directing them directed them to the stove. So FYI. Content warning. Yes. In one of the pots on the burners was a human head burned beyond recognition. In another pot were hands and feet. Inside the oven in a large roasting pan were arms and legs, also burnt, and in some cases, also seasoned, investigators noted. And on the counter next to the stove were cut up potatoes and carrots. Inside the refrigerator in a large plastic bag, they found Addie's torso. Oh. And yeah. as promised in the letter, they found, a, or excuse me, as promised in the letter when they found yeah. him, they found a journal with Zach's eight-page confession. Yeah. And you can tell just by looking at this how troubled he was. It's just like you can tell like certain words are just like carved into the pages. Like yeah. you can find actual photographs of this journal and like you could tell he was not okay. It's intense. It's real intense. Yeah. Um, so we're going to read some of it. Oh! Ashley, I adore you. Okay. <laughs> Quote. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2 a.m. I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, October 5th. I'm very I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. 
Halfway through the task, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you are now in, came after a while. I scared myself, not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but my entire lack of remorse. I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am. Ask anyone, and decided to quit my job and spend the 1500 cash I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact my family, so that'll explain the shock and had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. That was a day? Yeah. It was in a day. So that was the day that he killed himself, is when he wrote that portion. But there was eight pages from the time that he killed oh, her okay. up until that was like the very last yeah. portion of Ooh. the day that he completed suicide. I'm not going too far into this, but there's a lot of paranormal thoughts behind this. Um, you can go to the apartment on Ghost Tours. Yes. Um, and it is above a, it's a voodoo, voodoo shop. temple, which a lot of people blamed, quote unquote, for what happened. But, but I, if you look at their history, there was definitely a lot of mental health that wasn't addressed properly. properly. Yeah. It was, I mean... Hell, you and I both suffer from a lot of mental health issues. What? <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> and it's very easy. Like, hell, I missed two days of medication and I am a different person. Right. So I could see if that is the lifestyle you choose to lead after a while, it can take its toll. Absolutely. Yeah, between the severity of their mm -hmm. mental health issues. And you have to think, too, during... The whole Katrina incident, they probably didn't have access to their medications. Oh, no, not at all. So, and they were binging, like they were drinking and partying and, yeah. you know, living it up. So that coupled with not having access to their medications, coupled with their history, coupled with everything. And unfortunately, we'll never know what actually caused him yeah. to react the way that he did. We don't know if she went after him. We don't know. We don't know. So this is one situation where I, um, you guys know I'm all for the paranormal and yeah. I like doing the ghost tours and all that, but I don't know how I feel about this one being glorified and um, profit being made out off of it. I will say there's a really, really good interview that we'll link um, from the family that runs the Voodoo Temple. Okay. And it's basically just them saying that their practice is for good. Yeah. That a lot of people hear voodoo and they automatically assume negative. Absolutely. But, but they were more of like a healing. They were, it was a temple. Yeah. It wasn't even like a voodoo shop where you could get the voodoo dolls. Like it was basically a church. Yeah. And they obviously offered treatments and supplies there. But it's really interesting to read because those people were kind of outcasted after this because happened. Because of this. Because a lot of people made it out like they or their beliefs had something to do with what happened no no not no. at all so and then now they're on ghost tours and stuff so these people are trying to i have her or i did read that they've moved okay good because like i said they're very prominently on ghost tours and like i said i'm not gonna lie and say that i wouldn't go see it oh absolutely <laughs> I'm, I <laughs> but mean... also for some reason that one just kind of makes me really sad to think about because 
I think it's because most of the stuff you see on ghost tours is like 230 years ago. Yeah, and you don't have all the details. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this happened while I was, you know, studying trigonometry. Right. And like... Mm, I already graduated, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> when this, I was just a wee little lass. Yeah, like, I was practically an adult living my life when this happened, yeah. so... It's different. Maybe that statute of limitations just hasn't. And like, maybe there are. Obviously, there's a lot of bad uh, energy, I would imagine, in that area because of what happened. Even just, not even necessarily the deaths, but just, you know, the altercations that took place there. But I also have a really hard time believing that that is what they would connect to. Because they were only there for like, not even two weeks. Yeah. No, they they had a lot of struggles beforehand. I feel like she's just like jazzing down Bourbon Street, you know, hanging out in all the parades and living her best life, even in the afterlife. So while you were doing this, I had to look them up because I've obviously heard this story before. Um, Most true crime fans have. But like in my head, I was seeing a picture and it's not the case. (laughs) It's not the case. But in my head, I was picturing Zach as Matthew Lillard. Oh, like some SLC punk business. Yeah. Yeah. He would play that role so well. Fuck, yeah, he would. Yeah. A young Matthew. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Zach doesn't look anything like him other than being tall and, like, dark-haired. but Kind of, um, like, lanky. Yeah. But I was a little distract- you, distracted by Matthew Lillard while that you were talking. That would be a good one. Yeah, it would. Good casting. Thanks. I don't know who Addie would be, though. Um, She kind of looks like she could pl- be played well by uh, Dakota Fanning. Yeah, or Kristen Stewart. So when you bad s- romance number two, <laughs> when you said bad romance, I immediately thought of this, and I was like, I can't cover this because I kind of already have kinks. No, oh okay, I kind of already have covered this, but I looked into it, and there's an update. And oh I'm god! So excited. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many times? And I still feel like I fucked it up. I went through our repertoire to make sure i hadn't covered zach and addy before <laughs> i'm kid you not i think 11 oh my God. while i was doing my notes because i've looked into them and i know the story and yeah. i really hope i didn't fuck that up I, have i covered them before no you haven't rebecca <laughs> but now that you're saying that i'm like well i know i've heard it on this this and this so did i hear it on right. our show but i don't believe you have i don't think i have either okay, we'll find out <laughs> somebody will let us know Okay, let's go back in the Wayback Machine. When we first started talking about the podcast. Yeah. What did I want to cover? Go sex. Go sex! (laughs) My God, why was I not recording that interpretive dance? I knew it was something with sex. (laughs) Unfortunately, when I covered go sex, we learned that the lady who married Jack Sparrow divorced him because of ill intent. But we had also learned about amethyst. Amethyst. <laughs> amethyst realm. That's her Ooh, name. We learned it. about her. She was the one who went to vacation in Australia, met the ghost. He followed her home. They ended up having making love, and they were talking about having a baby. Uh, they ended up having spectrophilia. Oh, shit, girl. Yeah. Look at you, big brain. That's what they call me on the streets. 
you, big brain. <laughs> well, they call you big head, not big brain, but we'll get to it. I'm just kidding. You have an average size head, oh, and I love it's it. pretty big. Runs in the family. <laughs> she fell in love. They were talking about having children. Let's fast forward to October of 2020. Ooh, quarantine sexy times. <laughs> the ghost's name was Ray. Hey, Ray. They had decided that they were going to get married. They were yes. going to make babies. Do it. Well, Slimer babies. Her fiance ghosted her. <laughs> <laughs> On Valentine's Day. <laughs> you're so proud of yourself i was ray just a background on them on their nine month anniversary ray popped the question and how i don't know for this one okay but But i got one for you (laughs) and things were going really well well then they took a trip to thailand and dude do you know how cheap it would be like you only got to take care of one person you don't have to say you got two people in a hotel room if your partner's a ghost right hell yeah i mean you still have that option if i you know want. my old is there a ghost tinder <laughs> <laughs> i don't do maps i don't do math i don't do calendars <laughs> but i'll do a ghost but i'll do boo uh, uh, uh. I'm looking for that one special boo thing. <laughs> Don't ghost me. <laughs> so while on this trip, she said, quote, I think maybe he fell in with a bad crowd when we were on holiday. In just, Thailand? <laughs> he just started becoming really inconsiderate. Uh, Ray. This, I know. She said that he would disappear for long periods of time. And when he would come back, he'd bring other spirits with him. <gasps> and they'd, Raymond! They'd stick around for Days. I did not consent to polyamory. <laughs> Quote, I think he started doing drugs and partying a bit much. You have to communicate with your partner, Ray. Okay? Well, I would like some of that good, good ghost heroin. <laughs> some of that ghost green. I don't know what type of drugs ghosts are into nowadays. They have called it quits after they met in 2018. So it was a two-year romance. A whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. I mean, he followed her from Australia. You don't do that unless you're like into they traveled it. a lot, man. Well, he met her in Australia. I know. And then they came to the states, right? Uh, London, UK, somewhere in the UK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they went elsewhere. And then they went to <laughs> Thailand, and he fell in with a bad crowd. Oh, those dang Taiwanese ghosts. I know. Darn. Always taking people's fiancés away. So that was a really sad update for amethyst realm has she found as far as i've read she has not come out and talked about finding another love okay i mean yeah fiance breaks that's it's pretty severe it is and that was august of 2020 so like she needs time pandemic breaking up with your fiance yeah it's a lot but i was like you know that's a really short like two minute update and it's kind of sad right it was a bad romance well so i wanted to give you another story but in keeping with the bad romance it's not completely good i like it so this comes from pledge times <laughs> pledge times like pledge uh, times fraternity sororities sure ghost frats this is about a woman who fell in love with a ghost 
and the unforgettable sex she had with him. Yeah, buddy. 38-year-old songwriter Brockard. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's from uh, Oxfordshire. I always say I... I always say I think that wrong. I always think I say that wrong. How it's would you say you that? Because you don't have the fancy accent. Oxfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> so they're Scottish. <laughs> oh. Or Irish. She fell in love with a Victorian soldier. Okay. And since this is bad romance, she shared her fears that he would kill her. <gasps> oh, no. Mm-hmm. There is a spirit of a soldier named Eduardo. Oh. Who died at 35 when he fell into a well. Don't laugh, Ashley. I'm not. That would be rude <laughs> to poor Eduardo. <laughs> poor Brock Brockard mm-hmm. said she was tossing and turning after um, a fight with a friend. She couldn't sleep. Oh. And, quote, I turned from one side to the other, trying not to think about the storm and the quarrel. Suddenly, I felt a warmth in my heart. I touched my chest. It was hot. It was sticky. And the warmth spread all over my body. Then the whole room grew cold. I sat up and tears ran down my face. I was shaking. There was a feeling that there was someone else in the room. I saw nothing and decided to turn on the lamp near the bed. Someone grabbed my hand to stop me. I heard someone breathing and someone whispered in my ear. I love you. Oh, what? Goosebumps ran down my spine. Ghostbumps? Ghost bumps <laughs> ran down my side. <laughs> so she says that Eduardo would regularly visit you and or visit her, and in his presence, she felt comfortable and safe, and like she could truly be herself. Now she hasn't told her friends and family about this. Well, new relationship, you know. Yeah, and you know the fear of exorcisms. Potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> like how you're gonna write a history book? I'm gonna write. A book on love. <laughs> it's called New Romances and the Fear of Exorcisms. <laughs> I'm going to get Thor to help me out. Yeah. <laughs> Subscript Potato Potato. <laughs> Forward by Valiant Thor. She noted that her temperamental lover would communicate through flickering fires. He would become agitated when she asked him to prove her existence. Prove his existence. That one. She knew she, I would hope she knew that she existed. Am I alive? <laughs> if he got upset, she would try to light the candles that he blew out and they wouldn't light. And then a few days later, she would notice hearts. Like when she was showering, the fog that fogged up the mirror, you draw hearts to show, like, hey, we're good now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Eduardo, I don't know how I feel about you. That's not how this works. Every interview I've read with the, or with her, I say them. He can't talk to us. He can. I mean, he can, but it's hard to, like, four flickers of the candle. She knows what they mean. She Truth. could be his interpreter. Truth. Everything she says is more like, I'm worried about his temperament. At one point, she was afraid that he was going to kill her so that he she would become a ghost, too. Oh. Mm-hmm. They could live together for yeah, she said, quote, I'm just waiting for the day when he blows out the candle and leaves me forever. Oh, yeah. I can't remember how long it was into the relationship, but she said she fell asleep one night. And when she woke up, she had this like pain in her cheek. And when she like investigated, she found a ring in the pillowcase. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So she was like, I don't know what this means, so let me go about my day. So when she got out of the shower, there was a question mark in the uh, fog, steam. And she was like, hmm, I'm assuming he's asking me to marry him, but I'm not positive, so I'm just going to go about my day. Yeah, yeah, you got to play cool. Uh-huh. The next morning, she woke up to the ring again, and again, the question mark in the steam. So she put on the ring and was like, look, I'll marry you. Um, but she said in these interviews that she still has reservations because, like, he's temperamental. He will go very long periods of time without talking to her or flickering to her because she does something small to upset him. But he gives her spine-tingling orgasms, so might as well make the relationship work, right? Why can't he just be like a like a hookup buddy? He's like, not into that. He proposed to her. He wants more. Well, yeah, he's been dead and lonely for a really long time. I'm sure he does. It's a Victorian era. There but are like, older ghosts. But like, you get pissy over stupid shit and like you can't even walk without falling in a well. So I don't know. I don't know if your lifetime commitment here, buddy. Let's just slow down. Okay. I like, mean- <laughs> you can still hit me up for that spectral booty call. You know, I'm still single. We can still mingle. Look, but this is why you haven't been proposed to by a ghost. Okay, well, don't be a douchey ghost, and then maybe I'll accept. I'm not against the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently married, but I'm not against the idea of marrying a ghost. I mean, if my husband passes away, maybe I'll have a recommitment ceremony. <laughs> If your husband passes, you're mine, so don't you dare. Well, when your husband also passes, until then, okay, maybe I'll just need some good, good ghost new. And then you can talk to the lady who married um, Captain Jack Sparrow on how to get a ghost divorce until my husband. I have a strange feeling, you know, considering we just uh, accepted the fact that gay people should be allowed to get married. I don't think that a ghost marriage is really going to stand up within the court of law in the states valid so i think we'll be okay okay i mean you do make a good point but they got married in international waters so like yeah but i'm not gonna get married without you and you would not go on a boat in the middle of the water with me valid okay so problem solved (laughs) that's your bad romance for the day ghosty love ghosty love ghost sounds like a douche i don't know how i feel about him oh she's pretty sure like she talks about how she's not like all that into it and like he's kind of douchey but she's afraid so it's a it's a toxic relationship with a ghost like the worst of the toxic relationships because you can't leave them like a ghost will find you oh yeah unless he's stuck to one place oh babbage yeah. Just go stand on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> flicker your lights at me out here, bitch. Yeah, you can flicker those lights all you want, but you can't throw my clothes out. Because mm-hmm. you a ghost, boy. <laughs> but those are first unsupervised bonus. bonus. And I'm sure Rebecca's rolling her eyes real hard. 1000%. Shake your head so they don't get stuck, okay? <laughs> also statics isn't real so just in case you forgot and on that note remember friends we all have friends that think statics is real (laughs) let us tell you why it's not (laughs) if you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss like statics yes 
Uh, we won't. We won't. Thank you. <laughs> you could share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found at our website, theladiesofstrange.com. Or you can email them to us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Keep, Keep it, it strange, lovelies. Bye. I'm a ghost. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> Thank you.